0: Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. This is Flyperbole with Steve Chico and Craig Forsyth. two guys wondering just how many dump trucks of hard cold cash it's going to take to get chemo teaming in to come out of retirement hello everyone welcome back to fly verbally i'm steve Jaco. this is craig Forsythe, and folks our long national nightmare is over we've got and I'm just going for it with that one. I'm just going for it. We've got Flyers fans in the White House. I'm ecstatic about that. Flyers fans in the White House just feels horrifically dangerous, but at the same time very comforting. And I'm all about it. We've got that great that great thing this week, but in our little Flyers kingdom, things have gotten a little they've gone a little awry in the past few days.
1: Yes. Uh yeah. And you know, Joe Biden, uh big flowers fan and we're gonna need him to outlaw injuries i think it's gonna be what the uh were something at uh, the outlaw getting hurt something like that because uh
0: veto on injuries yeah
1: <laughs> no you're not allowed to get hurt Got to get back in there you feel fine I don't this is a uh, story of the week though Steve literally from the time we stopped recording until this game tonight uh just just injuries galore just everybody's getting hurt a game and in injury i think or an injury game I should say uh, so yeah, far Yeah, they're mistaken. dropping like flies. It's yeah.
0: it's pretty terrible, and it's and the thing is, the injuries are all over the place. Where you've got some major ones, you've got mm-hmm. some guys who just kind of you know punched in, and it's the the Grandpa Simpson gif where he checks in and <laughs> wa- immediately walks out. <laughs> A couple guys like that. It's it's everything.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not good. First of all, first and foremost, however you want to talk about this, it's uh, it's not good for the floors uh, because uh, I, the way I look at it is uh, the biggest question I think Steve coming into this year was how the defense and to a lesser extent the team overall five and five would look without Niskanen on the ice uh, and even the penalty kill and just Niskanen was came in was a pretty big part of the team for one year a lot of the on-ice totals for the team improves including like chances against the, the penalty kill, all, everything like that. And then we come into this year, Niskanen drops a surprise for on us, and we were like, well, that's a huge hole in defense. How are the Flyers going to recover?
0: Surprise!
1: Surprise, yeah. Hey, surprise, I'm done. Uh, and then we don't even... <laughs> it was such
0: a stabilizing factor last so year, there. especially... Having him and Ivan Provorov, having a legitimate top pairing, a shutdown pairing that you could throw in there in those situations late in the game, was amazing. And why did I get used to it?
1: I, and again, we were a little skeptical of the trade at the time, but saw way it could work out. And it did, and it, he really he filled a lot of gaps. His team was missing, especially in on their own half of the red line end. Like they just, uh, it was. It, the team did not look the same in the bubble, and I think a lot of that was because Niskanen apparently just wasn't comfortable with the COVID situation at all, which again, no judgment, but that could be a big explanation for why they kind of play more of a shell game in the bubble, and why they weren't really driving play player for checking as hard in the third period, kind of like keeping teams down at their own end, and suffocating teams late in games, and it was just a lot of car to heart bailing them out, and coming into this year with the Gus band we were kind of expecting that, and then not, not expecting that, but it wasn't going to be smooth sailing, I guess. And then Couturier injury. The first injury of the week, Sean Kittori, Uh There's no definite timetable for him, just in an expected amount of time he's going to be out at least, which is always encouraging. For
0: I, I prefer at most, thank
1: you. Yeah, exactly. If he's out at most two weeks, great. We'll push it this. Just, you know, just a lot of it won't be sober. We're not going to watch the game. Whatever, that's fine. Two weeks, we're just not going to pay attention to it. But he's out at least two weeks with a costochondral separation. Is that I got I think I got that. Yeah. I think I got it. I had an easier time with the forecast, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: If let me throw you five Russian names versus five <laughs> yeah, medical we'll terms and, and see what you do better
1: on. <laughs> no.
0: I think I do better on the okay. Russian. I
1: think names I might be do on. better on the Russian names too, yeah.
0: Cuz there's less expectation anyway. I don't know.
1: But uh, we talked about how uh yeah, it occurs when the rib tears away from the cartilage, connects to your breastbone. We both knew that. Cypia injury usually occurs by a sudden, sudden impact to your chest, symptoms include sharp pain, breathing, coughing, and sneezing. It's not fun, uh, apparently. That sounds horrible. It sounds like not a good time, and uh, yeah, we've had apparently a bunch of people have had experience with it or something similar. Or maybe not a bunch, but the people that have have weighed in and said it's going to take a little bit of time. So it looks like the two-week time frame is a little optimistic. Maybe more, like, two to six weeks, I think, is what we're going with, is what the general, uh, general feel is for him. And, again, on the forecast, we laid it out. Two weeks from last Friday uh, in terms of how much time we missed. That would mean he would miss six games, 10.7% of the season, now down to missing five more games. And if you missed a month, that would be 14 games, which is literally a quarter of the season. And Woo-hoo. For any – I mean, for the Flyers uh, – Katori being out that
0: long is
1: is a big blow. Uh, and again, when you're looking to... I'd say
0: he's one of one of two flyers, three flyers that, if they were out for any significant period of time, drastically affects the team's chances. It's it's him, Provorov, and Carter Hart.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, no. Like, right now, yeah, this year, yeah, I agree, 100%. And we... And then, going back to the listening question, if you're trying to solve the question of does this team still have uh, uh, identity as being defensive and being able to take away scoring chances and actually not fall apart at 5-on-5 five five every game? Sean Katori is a pretty huge part of that answer to kind of combat Niskanen's uh, disappearance. So Katori going down and Niskanen going down, just from a general standpoint of keeping the puck in the offensive zone and controlling play at 5-on-5 five five, takes a huge blow. And it both those things happening... Niskanen's last NHL game and Gatoria going down happened within a span of three games that actually mattered. The last game of the playoffs last year, opening game this year, Katoria gets hurt in the f- second game of the year. So now you're going from Katoria and Niskanen out of the lineup to judging what this team is without those two. And another person that helps to drive play and would to solve part of the problems on the blue line with Niskanen going down would be Phil Myers, uh, who again, didn't play a ton of special teams last year. Pretty good defensively, good at 5-5. Five five. Him and Sanheim were a really good formidable pair last year, and it was looking like, before the Myers injury came up, it, it was going to be Myers and Sanhain were going to have to play a good game, and the Flyers had a chance to win this year, or they were going to play mediocre or play poorly, and the Flyers were going to have to help Carter Hart still on his head. Because the the top pair, of Rolf and Braun, have their flawless bottom pair of Gustafson, and Hag have their bra- uh, problems. They don't have their bra- and bronze on that other pair, but Gustafson, and Hag have their problems. So it's and they're going to give. They're going to have points in that game where they're just going to give you chances. Like they're just, it's uh, it's a lot to ask. It's others. going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah, like they're and you know every pair, every game is going to have times where they give opportunities to the opponents. But like uh, I'm thinking of that Gustafson shift uh, against the Sabers in the, the the third game. The, the 6-1 to loss this week, where he just had two blatant giveaways in the, the defensive zone and the neutral zone to set up a string of chances. Like, that feels like, with those two other pairs without St. Myers, it's going to happen at least once, twice a night, maybe, and those are going to be... They're going to be tough asks for hard to get, and he's been stopping them recently.
0: I'd almost prefer Gustafson at this point to just do the Andrew McDonald sprawl and call it mean, day, yeah. the starfish sprawl. Yeah. Because, like... He's a turnstile right now. And I mean that literally because guys are just going around him. And it's crazy. I've never seen this. He and he's had a couple. He had a
1: tried to clear a puck, went off, I think, NAK, and ended up being a goal later in that Sabres game. Had a pretty easy cross-ice pass get broken up right at the top of the, the crease. Missed it in that game, too. He can't get the puck out of the fucking zone. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I have no idea what his. Like advanced exit numbers or whatever, I he well, he just has not looked good this but year. They're bad. Yeah, this year they're, they're bad. Whatever they are, they they're are bad. bad this year. Like they have to be. Like when you watch them. And tonight, that was another thing with the team tonight was that the first two periods that they just couldn't get out of their own zone at times, which is going to be a problem with the new. Anyway, we didn't even talk about the Phil Myers injury yet. Uh, suffered a fractured rib <laughs> and is considered week to week. Uh, he was hurt on Oof.
0: a. Also sounds very painful. Very
1: painful. I would imagine, yeah, that's got to hurt like a bitch. And the Katori injury came. Uh, he took a hit from Jared McCann. And I prefer, of course, again, that Jared McCann. But uh, he is, took that hit early in the loss, or the win on Friday. And he's out for some time. Uh, Phil Myers was hit by Jake McCabe uh, in the neutral zone. Again, it was a pretty...
0: Harmless looking hit, uh, but like, why? Why did the harmless hits result in these major they, injuries? Yeah, a bunch like of them. <laughs> when McCann tried to decapitate a guy with his elbow, yeah, it, it didn't do anything.
1: McCann throws his uh, elbow on the Sanheim's head at like full speed, and Sanheim's like, "Oh, all right." Uh, McCann, by the way, got fined ten thousand dollars for that. Uh, no suspension. So thanks, league, for not uh, suspending him.
0: Hey, it's it's all about what happened, not about <laughs> the intent.
1: Yeah, that's sure. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As we've seen many times with the Penguins in the past. So. Uh but yeah, pretty much my point, now that Myers is out, it's gonna be they had Sandheim Myers there as a reliable pair to kind of lean on, and they did last year in the playoffs. We saw it last year when Pro and Niskanen were struggling, they leaned into that mm-hmm. pair, but now they tried I mean, we'll go through the uh the numbers from uh tonight. So the the pairs tonight were Pro Rolf Sandheim, the good pair. Gustus and Braun, no thank you. I mean just, no. <laughs> like, just at all, no. And then uh, the last pair was Robert Haig and Mark Friedman, who I know we're not... Like, Freeman is all right so far, but I just... I mean, like, that second and third pair, just... It's going to be rough. Especially if Ghost... Ghost should be yeah. back next week. But, I mean, um, well, we'll see how he does to adjust to that. But just going through these numbers tonight, Pro-Rof Sandheim had a 35.71 uh, shot times 4 percentage. They had 5 of the... F- Flyers had five of the 14 shots that took place while they were on the ice at 5-5, and and they had under 50 expected goals. Four percentage were also on the ice for a goal against. Gustafs and Braun were bad. Uh, Under 30, Corsi, four percentage. Flyers had three of the 10 shots uh, at 5-5 when they were out there. 21.1 expected goals, four percentage, uh, and one goal against. And then Hagen Friedman were even worse. 22.22, Corsi, four percentage one shot out of the five that were they were on the ice for it, and then a 4.36 expected goals four percentage so like the, the second and third pair tonight you couldn't put on the ice because they got shot. not
0: doing any favors for carter no, they, were Hart- shot, they were out
1: shot they were outshot four to ten and had a combined 25.50 something expected goals four percentage so that's just it's not gonna work and again, Ghost should be coming back after this series, He'll, he should be out Saturday and then he should be back on the line for the Devils, but with this defense uh, and considering you lost your best defensive forward, uh, I think, Steve, I, I think you just got to kind of go into just win now, my baby. Like, like now, I'm a big fan of focusing on the process during the regular season and as long as they're not losing 10 games at a time and it's not anything that, Shows concern going down like for playoff implications or anything like that. I'm more concerned with how they look during the game and not necessarily racking up wins all the time. But right now, they have to get some wins over the next Like It's going to be, they're going to get massively outshot and they're going to look sloppy every single night for the the foreseeable future. And Hart and LA are going to need to play pretty well. Hart played really well tonight. And they still lost in a shootout.
0: Yeah. And man, I felt so bad for Hart during this game, especially after that first period where the Flyers got drastically outshot. Well, it was eighteen to three or 12? fourteen to three.
1: It was, but the 14 three. three. It, it was three. the difference yeah, in half. It yeah. was the three. That was the big. But they had three
0: shots. They weren't. <laughs> that's the thing. With nothing. That's nothing. It's horrible.
1: Yeah, and like that's, and again, this Bruins team, and you know, they didn't have a even strength goal coming into this game. They did not have, they haven't played with Poshnik yet, yet and they still don't have Andre Kasha, which I, that's not, I know that's not a name, but he's still a good four for them, who'd probably be in their top six, maybe chipping in some goals. they didn't have those two guys, they haven't been scoring. They scored four goals in the third period tonight against the Flyers. They had two even-strength goals against the Flyers in a span of 109. A little bit of that is, eventually, the levy's going to break, you know, because they were putting on all these chances they couldn't score, but at the same time, like they don't, <laughs> they don't have all these chances. <laughs> if
0: it keeps
1: on... that's my uh, that's my Robert plan, by the way. Just that one part, just the very. Please, I... <laughs>
0: keeps on, when COVID's way... done, yeah, we're gonna do a... COVID's done. You and I are getting going out to karaoke and doing when the Levee breaks, and it's it's gonna be something else. I'm
1: gonna do John Bottom, old John Bottom, not the current
0: John Bottom. I'm gonna You're do just gonna a, yeah. do the drum sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I'm just gonna do that.
0: Okay, so let's just do a full Step Brothers set then. <laughs> yeah, and I'll
1: I'll play Moby Dick I'll for be, real. Yeah, I'll just
0: do that. Yeah, I'll do the singing. You do the <laughs> drums, and we're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. just <laughs>
1: Uh, but, uh, I mean, fuck, Steve. Let's, can we be so serious? What are, what
0: are our options on defense? On here? defense? Because we got, okay, so. Because, like, we got, we got the fried man over here, my favorite character. Yeah, so character let's talk about fried man real
1: quick. Um,
0: can he be a guy who actually steps in, and because it wasn't encouraging tonight, but I want to give him a legit shot. I want him to get a shot to actually show us what he's got. So I think
1: if, so first of all, the options come back to, if Ghost, is actually able to come back and play, and they put him in the lineup for the games next week against the Devils. I don't think you have to do that. You don't have to do that crazy of a thing to kind of fix this situation. You have you can do Pro Ralph and Ghost on the top pair. That okay? So let me rephrase that. That's probably the crazy thing you have to do. It's just Pro Ralph and Ghost on the top pair.
0: I mean, that was going to be their their plan. They were they were uh, going into the at. season before Ghost ended up on the the COVID list. That was what the, the preseason pairing was.
1: Yeah, they did have some practices together. Um and yeah, I mean they I don't think there was anything against that. I, I don't know if they were like he was on I don't know if he was on the top pair going in out of camp was I don't know. Who knows? Who the fu- He was expected to have a better year this year though. Like he wasn't supposed to be years old ghost. So hopefully this year whatever it, he does with pro rough he actually looks better. But the Pro Ruff and Ghost too have had success in the past. And then you could do Sandheimer Braun who looked pretty good last year, or at least they had good online numbers last year at the beginning of the year. And then you just kinda keep uh Heg and Gus uh, together on the third pair. And by the way, Heg, real quick I think Gus is might be worse so far, but it's not exactly like Robert Heg has been killing it. I mean he's still doing that thing. He'll just get the puck and lob it down the ice for no reason and get icings uh his and fill clear is lets
0: Robert Haig is. Yeah. that's what he does like he's a def- he's a defensive defenseman he's the guy who's supposed to sit yeah exactly field reliable Gus at least brings a, a nice dynamic offensive set of skills with him and is a, a, a definitely a boon on the power play yeah
1: yeah No, that's <laughs> the just- thing yeah that's like he
0: just has his invisible hits
1: yeah yeah exactly like Gus is somebody who yeah can do all that hey I mean I really just think people Robert just Hicks don't like... got
0: invisible hits, yet? Yeah. <laughs> I just...
1: I don't think... I think people just don't like advanced stats. And people see that advanced stats say that Robert Hicks bad. And then they just don't like Robert Hicks because of that. We talked about that a little bit today. I think we're... I think I'm going with that. That seems to be... That's my... I'm putting that out there. That's my personal stance and all that. But he does have moments, but he just, you know, fucks up a lot. But anyway, Friedman. Uh... Yeah, we, he played a little bit last year. He stepped up uh, last season when Ghost and Braun went down with injuries. Uh, he played with uh, Heg for, I think, seven games last year, six or seven games last year. And they had terrible underlying numbers then, but that was also very much uh, the Flyers just had the mentality we got to win these games because Mark Friedman's in the lineup because he just shouldn't have been. It was a lot of injuries on the blue line. So they had uh, 34.26 goals, 4 percentage together, 39.76 expected goals, 4 percentage together. And then two goals, four, and two goals against in seventy-three minutes last year. That was Hag uh, and Freeman together, and again they were together tonight. Not great numbers uh, together. Realistically, if Myers is still out, Ghost doesn't look like himself, or ends up getting injured too, where they have another injury. I don't. I, I'm not a big fan of Freeman getting into the top four, but like as a third pair experiment, I, I mean, I'd rather just see what he's got. I mean, he's been in the, the pipeline for a while. He's been progressing up the ladder. Like, he got into a game 2018-19, looked – got his first taste last year. I wouldn't mind if this is a year he actually gets a little bit of a roll if the opportunity comes up, uh, if that makes sense. And this would have been a time. And then, unfortunately, Bergeron – or not Bergeron. Uh, Marchand smashes face into the ice. It would be a really big story if Bergeron smashes face into the ice. But it's only Marchand. So it's not uh, anything near this uh... – Attention-worthy, but uh, yeah. was it? Freeman left the yeah, game. Yeah, I
0: mean, that sucked for Freeman, and of course yeah. Marshand did that. It, 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 you're towering over the guy. Come on, you can't.
1: Yeah, and like take
0: down Mark. But we all know Marshand is the wild card. He does whatever the hell he wants. He is a rat, dirty son of a gun. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, he's just Ugh. yeah, not a friend. I don't I just, think he's I, a friend of our rat He's not the friend of our. He's not a friend of our, friend, of our friend.
0: That is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I don't think they're related. No, he wouldn't be related to such scum. <laughs> the thing, I felt so bad for Friedman, especially if Friedman ends up being out for any stretch, oh my God, and yeah. uh, Frost, because like these guys are getting their Little shot. Frost. Yeah, wanted like... them to get, show, you know the the chance to really showcase their talent and immediately get hurt. It sucks. Yeah. and Freeman.
1: Freeman drew a penalty night. Freeman drew a penalty on Corrali in the D zone. Uh, hold and apparently. According to our AHL people, uh, Freeman is pretty good at drawing penalties in the AHL. Uh, so that is a skill that maybe he brings up here at this level. I just... I The, the physicality, I think, you just got to get used to a little bit. Well, I mean, it's kind of easy to say that now with Marshan body slamming him. But that was also like picking a spot. But uh, he tried to check somebody earlier in the game when he bounced off him in the first period. I saw that too. Uh, but
0: Maybe this just isn't your thing, bud.
1: Yeah, I mean, but he look, he, he's... I think he can Wish be I fine. Did. I want to see how he. I want to see more of him on the third pair with a state home guy like Hag. But to your point about Frost, real quick, let's talk about Frost. So Frost would have been somebody we were, we were excited to see coming in this year. He was going to get an opportunity. Left on the team as the thirteenth man. Torre gets hurt. Frost works his way into the lineup on the line with Wimbler and Konechny. Separates his shoulder on uh, again another. Rather innocent looking hit from Jake McCabe. Uh, Jake McCabe, uh, watch out, buddy. Uh, that's all. I'm not saying I'm coming out for you, but uh, we're just gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna fight you, Jake McCabe. But uh, he separated his shoulder and he's out indefinitely. I don't know. I mean, that really. Yeah, it sucks for Frost. It, that really is what it comes down to. I was gonna say I didn't hear a timeline on when they think he uh, will be back. Uh, obviously, because indefinitely, indefinitely is what I saw. Yeah, it's indefinitely. So, uh, and I'm yeah, not really it's sure. Not good. Yeah, it definitely I'm not is sure what. Uh, I'm not i don't even i can't even think of like how long people usually have with separated shoulders i don't know
0: and that's the problem with a separated shoulder is that's a lingering kind of injury yeah. too that can follow oh head. yeah it does not cl- it doesn't usually heal very cleanly i you know i'm not exactly a doctor no we're
1: doctors yeah no this is <laughs> yeah.
0: Dr. Yeah. dr forsyth and dr Jaco. obviously yeah. i so when <laughs> doctors folk, but i do know this much Separated shoulders are not clean injuries. They are not clean healing injuries. Yeah,
1: so uh every chest has two sockets, and in those sockets, uh it's filled with uh like silly putty, and then you put your arms in it, it's a whole thing. I just look it's a whole thing. It's a hockey podcast. We don't need to, I don't wanna talk down to anybody here. So, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, Steve. Call Dr. Jake, yeah, get him on the line yeah, right oh, now. Yeah, shit, we gotta get him on the line.
0: <laughs> Let's get Dr. Jake on. He can talk about all this. The, regardless, it's bad news for Frost. They called up Bunneman, who, whatever your opinion is, okay, fine. And I saw Slam and Sammy Morin. Yeah.
1: What about Sammy?
0: Like uh, he's back. Well, he's. I was Slam and Slam. Yeah, squad, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
1: No, he's back. Yeah, I thought. he I don't know. With...
0: We could see some Sammy in there. We could, and we actually. The Morin Mafia is very well... excited about the prospects of winger Sammy Morin stepping in there and crushing some fools look
1: i mean freeman is maybe out with uh i don't i don't know. he's probably not gonna be out but uh he might have a concussion actually but that would
0: be crazy if right after <laughs> trying sam morgan <laughs> at wing they were like we need you to have yeah some you big need to go back to. All, <laughs> yeah. so, you know if you don't mind just slide on well, in if, there
1: you know considering the situation it is kind of crazy
0: Because the problem is right now for the Flyers, too, is this is all happening at the beginning of the season. Uh Everyone's still a contender. That is Nobody is desperate to sell. And, like, people say, go out and make a trade. But it's not that easy. Nobody wants to trade away a good asset at this point because they're not, it's not the trade deadline. They're not ready to do that unless they are, like, Ottawa or somebody like that.
1: That is a huge thing I think people are overlooking. And also, when we get to this list of, like, possible other names that i threw together because i've I've seen them throw out there and i just look through random like defensemen in the league that were on practice squad or on the taxi squads or you know what last year the deal whatever a lot of these guys changed teams this offseason so i doubt the team that signed them is going to be like oh your team needs help now for games okay so let me trade away this guy i signed like it's just not going to happen so at this point in time yeah that's not great um, and also, just I think the thing. Well, so with Marin, too, I, I think the fact that you know Ghost is coming back, I don't think a trade's going to happen this weekend or anytime soon because they probably want to see what it looks like with Ghost back in there, even if it looks pretty bad now. Um, But and they also have a body that can throw into the game on Saturday with Marin. So, like, you can throw Sam out there for you could like this this does not work out well for our preseason bet because this is the situation that came about that would mean Marin has to play one way or another <laughs> and I did not but this does this, this is a game, wild card.
0: I'd have to go back and listen to the bet to to be sure I think
1: it, it was uh if he played I thought it was if he plays a game this year oh if he plays a year, yeah year at forward I think is what it was
0: right Fuck, so that yeah. That just kind of you know throws. Still it's negated. I'll, it's I'll just, give you two fifty no, if he plays on defense. <laughs> that's
1: fair. Okay. That's okay. Fair. I'll value you two
0: fifty. Enjoy
1: that two fifty. I'll value you two fifty if he plays.
0: Well. It'll buy me a shitty beer at a bar when bars are open again. <laughs> a
1: couple of years. Yeah, and you'll gain interest by then. So yeah.
0: I mean, bars are open. I'm just not going in. Yeah. There. Oh no.
1: I'm. Yeah, fuck no. Not until I get that vaccine. I get the first shot. Go out, slam some beers at the bars, and then get the second one a couple weeks later. That works. That's how you do it.
0: That's exactly. Uh, that's how exactly
1: how it works. Yeah. I again, we're doctors.
0: Well, the alcohol activates the vaccine, <laughs> folks. <laughs> do not listen to any of this for even a second. Okay, this is hundred counterpoint.
1: Incorrect. It's a free country. Do what you want. If you want to drink some beer, do whatever you want.
0: All right. It's oh my god. No, we're not
1: doing that. Don't. We should probably listen to uh right, Sorry, Steve's advice. You see
0: <laughs> for all your bad information. <laughs> Folks, C's got a new post out there.
1: Sea dog at the bottom of this one. No, we're not.
0: No, no, no,
1: no. We're
0: not associating that brand with no. 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 Oh, so what oh, are our oh, options? Oh. Yeah, I feel like oh. figuring out what I'm putting down. No, okay, what? I'll are be Q Bell. F- All right, what's going on? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so considering the fact that not many teams are going to really want to deal defensemen, especially defensemen that would make a difference on the Flyers right now. What are the Flyers' options at this time?
1: Looking at so there's in-house Freeman, Pouliot, who, I mean, now probably not uh, offensive defenseman on the practice squad. Uh, Zamula could come up and play. I doubt that happens for Saturday, but that could be something they do down the line. Again, probably... I think he's the highest graded out defenseman that is closest to the NHL for the Flyers, if that makes sense. Like I think Cam York is probably regarded as the biggest blue chip prospect the Flyers have on the blue line, but Zamola is probably second and also he is this would be an opportunity for him to play. Like I I think he play he might play at some point this year and this would be a pretty good opportunity for that. I like his game a lot. There really is not any I mean, he's a six foot three, big-ass dude that can skate well, creates offensively, uh, doesn't just... A lot of offensive creativity, and also he plays pretty tight defense, and he just seems like... A, a lot of this stuff checks off of, like, how Hexdall found Myers. Undrafted guy with size, mobility, and can also help you at both ends of the ice, and that's kind of what Zmul is, but it sounds like he might be a little more polished in that extent. I think the big holdback with him is he has not played since a WHL game on December 8th, 2019. And that was... Been a world. yeah, I've Been a world. Yeah. And then he never played in the NHL. So to go from a WHL game in December a little over a year ago to the NHL might be a big ask. Uh, and then also Sam Wren, which just you mentioned. Him in there. Yeah, just throw him in there. The, you know, trial by fire.
0: So fly her away.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sam Wren and then Nate Prosser, who... You know, I don't know. I, I don't want him. To be there, but I don't even know if they're contemplating this as like a possible option just for the one game idea. Thirty-four uh, year old right hand defenseman, last played in the NHL with Minnesota in 2018-19. Minnesota connection, ten points in fifty nine games last year, and he probably is not the answer. But like again, when, when he was at back in his heyday with the Wild, he had fine. When he was on the ice, the Wild allowed less chances and high quality chances against. Maybe not by a ton, but he did make an impact and. Maybe you need him for one NHL game. Maybe the Flyers are thinking about it. I don't even know what. I don't even know. I don't even think they have the Cavs space to do. warm body. Yeah, it's a warm body. So it might just be. Uh, it, it might really just be Marin. I, I, I think it might be. But we shall. Outside of the Flyers organization now. The big three names I, keep, uh, I see keep throwing around. David Savard, Jason Demers. Nicholas Jalmerson, uh, but Jalmerson, I keep seeing stuff. There, there's something about uh, he may not waive his trade clause to get out of Arizona. Demers was a name the Flyers were talking about possibly acquiring uh, in this offseason. I think it was 31 Thoughts back in October. Freeman said something about uh, Fletcher kicking the tires on Demers. Demers, 32-year-old right-handed. Uh, defenseman with the Coyotes, final year of a deal where he's getting paid 4.5 million a year, 11 assists in 50 games last year. Um, and again, I think like 4.5 is a little rich for me, uh, considering who he is and how old he is and he is in his career. Uh, but don't have to worry about expansion drafts if you're going to give up assets to get him. And he would fill in on the right side, and he is more defensive oriented than another mobile blue liner that doesn't really uh, crack down on cycles against. But um, those are the two guys out in Arizona. David Zavard, I think, is the answer. If they're actually going to trade and get a guy, he is probably the best option out there. Uh, I don't know if the Blue Jackets want to trade him or even want to trade him in division, but I do Checks off a lot. I mean, big right-handed guy that drives play as well.
0: Get me Luke Shen.
1: Luke Shen I almost put on this list because he's on Tampa Bay's practice squad, but then I was like, Too many of these fucking guys. Like, that's the thing. Looking around the league, there are like guys that I'm like, there's not even a point to trade them. So, like, a couple of these names. (laughs) Tyson Berry is a guy, is another person that I think could fill in for the season if it ends up being like Myers is out for a really long time, right hand defenseman. But again, like I was saying earlier, he just joined the Oilers on a one year, 3.75 million deal. So, one year deal, so you don't have to worry about expansion drafts.
0: He did get three point seven five million deer out of Yeah.
1: There. He got he could buy how much how many deers do you think you could buy for three point seven five million? What's the going well, there's oh. not even a going rate, who knows? A lot, buddy. Yeah, there's I'm gonna say million. Yeah, probably I mean Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But that's <laughs> anyway, yeah. Thirty nine <laughs> points and seventy games for very last year, five goals. Uh, for Toronto, uh, twenty one oh six average time. And I, so he plays a lot too. Uh, and he is a guy that he will chip in offensively and he has his defensive mistakes, but it's not a drastic full tilt. I don't think it's a full tilt offensive defenseman with him. Like he does seem to bump up the offensive numbers a little bit, but he doesn't seem to be wildly misplaying plays in the defensive zone. So, but I don't think the Oilers are going to trade him. I mean, Holland just signed him this off season. So again, that Joshua Brown is another guy. Um, in-zone D numbers are all right, but horrible at transition game. Right-hand defenseman, but again, just joined the Senators this offseason from the uh, from the Panthers, where he had 56 – or appeared in 56 games last year. Uh, Travis Amonic, who we talked about uh, over the summer as well, I think, but he just signed in Vancouver. Defensive-minded player. I mean, I – like the – Tyson Berry, Travis Hamanick, um Nick Holden was another guy I was looking at, but he's left-handed. Uh, and also cost – well, He's got this year and another year on his deal. So Nikita Zadorov, he was ginormous, but sucks. He can just skate well. Uh, Dean Kukin, Adam Clendenning, Mark Pizik, Kevin Conaten Kevin Miller. So like these are all the names I was looking at. Jordan Osterley was another one. Mark Alt, I even threw on there. Those are all the names of guys that like they're just bodies. There are bodies that I saw their name and I was like, yeah, they would trade that guy and like if they want. And even with that said, like, I doubt Nikita Zadorov just signed with the Blackhawks. And even though, I mean, he sucks. So I'm sure the Blackhawks would want to sign him just because they would get something in return. But he's just not good. Um, So and he's also he's also left handed. So that becomes the other thing, too, is they really need a right hander. So it's like Tyson Berry, Harmonic. Brown, I would throw into that mix. And Brown's not even like a. Brown's like a name I'm throwing out there. Nobody wants Brown. That's like another option that I'm throwing out there that like Ottawa probably isn't going to be, they're not going to hold all their prospects and assets close to the vest. Like they'll probably throw it out there.
0: If only they just jumped on Delzato sooner. Michael Delzato could have been here.
1: DJ MDZ.
0: Instead of Columbus.
1: (laughs) Could have been getting...
0: DJ MDZ could have been ours.
1: Yeah, it could have been getting yelled at by porn stars on Twitter in Philly again, but instead... Area. That was that whole thing. I think it was Lisa Ann. I think that's still... He, he yeah. slid into those DMs. He slid never forgotten. It. <laughs> Fucking MDZ. MDZ... What was it? MDZ was on a PTO with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So DJ MDZ had a PTO with CBJ. Is that a lot? Did you get all the letters? That was a lot of stuff. That was, that was pretty I good time. So, yeah. okay. I think that was all the letters. That yeah, was yeah. all the letters yeah. in the world. All right.
0: Hey, listen. I Googled this, and the first... The first result that came up under news was from whatever First Ohio Battery is that said, Michael Delzato has been the Blue Jackets' best defenseman this season. And, uh, you know What? You know they're serious right there with the team with Seth Jones. <laughs> and, and Zach Wierenski. Zach Warinski.
1: <laughs> And David Savard, even. They got a whole bunch of people over there that uh, I would say are better than... Uh,
0: yeah, why I don't the Flyers them, go, go get any of those guys? Yeah. Why don't you just right go now. get, yeah. What's keeping. That's how trades work. That's what how is keeping Fletcher? Say, I want oh, yeah. this guy and you get him. I don't understand why they don't just do that. It's insane.
1: I don't know why Jones and Wurensky were on this team last week or before. I mean, it was obvious the Flyers needed help in the D zone. I mean, fuck. You know, those two guys. I mean, Victor
0: Hedman is just sitting there in Tampa Bay. Actually, speaking and of. Why this. isn't he just sitting there here? <laughs>
1: Speaking of Columbus, though, did you see that Dubois stuff tonight? Tort- Tortorella. Weird,
0: wild stuff.
1: Dressed him and then did not play him for, like, entire periods, I think. Like, he played one shift with, like, five minutes left in the first and then just didn't play him. I, I love what is doing out there in Columbus. Ryan Johansson, out of town. Artemi Panarin, out of town. Matt Duchesne, out of town. Let's get Dubois on that train. Look <laughs> like, at the fuck are you doing?
0: What's crazy about that to me is that it's almost more of a punishment for the rest of the team because they have to be tired as shit <laughs> yeah. from being down a man in Also, Dupree is pretty
1: fucking good. So that's like, this is like, it has the feel of when brulee used to dunk on Katori when he couldn't lug around fucking like Ronaldo and Blair Jones up and down the ice and like have oh successful God. numbers. And he was just like, well, Bergeron's doing it. It's like, is he? Because, you know, no, he's not. Because <laughs> this is Zach Ronaldo.
0: A lot of people forget that Baruby used to pull that shit quite a bit. Yeah, some uh, winning an inexplicable Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues will be will do a lot to whitewash your image.
1: Is I mean, Craig Baruby could he, be the he did
0: a he did a much better job with the St. Louis Blues. He was just no longer a good. Fan oh yeah, no, no, he, no. <laughs> it, it was not working out, <laughs> I know most people didn't go to that hot take factory, but some people did. I
1: was going to say he is the. Doug Peterson at Pocky because he, uh, he got one championship that might be an anomaly. And then, uh, you know, it looks like, uh, who knows? Maybe. We'll see. Who knows? I don't know. Got one really good run out of a goalie that nobody expected and won a title out of it. So, kind of like another you quarterback. Love <laughs> I love, hey, look, do I look nervous, bro? I love Jordan Bington. He's my favorite goalie ever. Just down-to-earth, personable guy. Uh, and he can tell it. When you look at his face. So, speaking of the Flyers' defensive numbers, we weren't. But the Flyers are letting in, letting up a lot of shots, uh, a lot of chances. And uh, coming into tonight, uh, they were tied with Vancouver for 28th with 36 shots against per game. Devils are the only team that's worse with 38.3. Glad I drafted Blackwood in our fantasy league. Uh, 20, Flyers are 29th <laughs> in Corsi 4 percentage. 25th in, Corsi, or in both Corsi 4 and Corsi against for 60. 30th in shot against... Shots against per 60 with 35.78. And Vancouver's 29th with uh, 34.96, so almost a shot difference there. Uh, and then the Flyers 25th with 44.42 expected goals 4 percentage and 24th and expected goals against per 60. They're also 4th with a 106.7 PDO. And again, the PDO is combining shooting percentage. Save percentage, usually a good indication for luck. Flyers have the fourth highest amount of that in the league, 106.7. Should be around 100. So all those numbers I didn't just say to make you feel bad. I'm saying the Flyers might be getting lucky. And if all the injuries are going to keep piling up, maybe it might take more than Hart and Elliott to play out of their minds. Because first two games of the year, Carter Hart played pretty well. Carter Hart played out of his mind in the second game. Brian Elliott played out of his mind in the fourth game. Carter Hart played pretty well tonight and the Flyers couldn't even win. So I think it's going to come down to goaltending and that might be it. I mean, I really, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, I want to I want to see what the team Which looks Which is a like.
0: scary prospect for the typical Flyers season. Typically.
1: And then this time, I I still feel a little uneasy because I don't like you know, uh, just last week, two weeks ago, maybe. I feel a lot more confident about this team, but you know, at five on five, there really could not be the Couturier injury is a huge loss, and I mean, like Phil Myers was pretty good at five on five, so you lose, and again, the Niskanen uh, Niskanen Myers combination being out is is a lot tougher than I think people realize in terms of the whole structure of the game plan, because that's
0: oh Niskanen was a huge loss, yeah, it, I mean, that was it really was the stabilizing factor on that defense in a way that we hadn't seen in a long time back there. And the fact that you could pair them with Ivan Proveroff, they could, they were your go-to pair. And the fact that you could also then have Sanheim Myers as a solid number two, and then kind of just have like the third guys that you sheltered. We hadn't seen that really since Pronger teaming in Carl and Coburn.
1: Yeah, no, that's, it's true. And also now, I mean we're not even going to get the test with uh, Myers but I I don't know who I really want to go There's nobody that can fill in that Niskanen role on this team right now. Even Myers I think could come close, but I don't think he can right-handed shot that can clamp things down in the defensive zone. He's capable of doing it but I don't think he's able to do it consistently enough as Niskanen did last year. Um but it's fucking it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough couple games here. Uh, whenever people start coming back. Because even now, I mean, unfortunately, Frost, Myers, and Katoria, it looks like they're not going to be coming back for a couple of weeks now. So, I mean, it's going to be just a lot of getting out shot, a lot of looking sloppy, and hopefully Hart can erase all all the extra mistakes and the Flyers can add out some wins here.
0: And they're really going to have to keep taking advantage. of the, the one positive so far this season is they've actually been able to take care uh, of, Take advantage of their power play opportunity
1: Yeah, they gotta keep doing.
0: Which they gotta keep. They doing have
1: it.
0: to. I yeah. I I do. One guy you have to give credit to JVR has been stepping up and actually <laughs> doing office? what we need him to do on the power play. That's he right. was a huge tonight.
1: First two goal games since Festivus of 2019. If you were there with us for that win over the Ottawa Senators, but JVR yeah just went to the slot, went to the crease twice tonight and just got some goals. I mean the the second one was the. The second goal is what the power play needs to get back into uh, and having that setup of Drew cross size pass to Voracek, Voracek cross size pass to Flyer on the other side of the net. I mean, he just did it with connecting in the game on Friday, did it for fucking years with Simmons, and they did it with JVR on the on the goal at the end there. Like they, I know it's a very easy thing to like say, but they, yeah, that power play, that's what it's going to need to to get going there because again it looked kind of stagnant before they started clicking in the second period the first period it didn't look great so hopefully uh hopefully michelle terry up to the task because they, yeah they really are going to need it uh jvr two goals voracek three assists hayes two assists um in the game tonight uh also the second game they allowed 40 shots against or more tonight um Trying to think about, or I'm looking at other uh, random stats from tonight. Uh, according to Slam Salmon, Salmon and Sammy, uh, today was Drew's 609th game as Philly's captain. He'll tie Clark on Saturday and pass him on Tuesday. Uh, so for that's all you crazy. and Drew did score tonight, uh, worth worth mentioning that.
0: Oh
1: so, wow! Yeah, so I uh, get that out there.
0: That is that's crazy, and I know we are usually great defenders of Claude Giroux on this. Yeah, but program. still, just and.
1: Yeah, I mean, like he. What's your
0: yeah, but still, I was. Oh. I was just gonna laud him a little bit for his <laughs> yeah, yeah, career, but yeah. what were you gonna say? No, no,
1: no. Go ahead. I was. Uh, I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of something that was completely different. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I was not okay. gonna talk on Claude. No. Yeah.
0: I mean, hey, if he's I, I like understand. He's I understand. Tough. There are some legitimate, legitimate complaints you could have about Claude Giroux and his tenure here, as Flyers captain and leadership, blah blah blah, but. At the end of the day, the guy is an all-time flyer, and I think it's an incredible accomplishment that he has played. And I can't believe that the time has flown by like that, that he's played that many games. He's captain into the Flyers. That is insane.
1: So that's what I was going to say was the but to. Uh, was I, I I don't think, like Clark, I don't remember how long he was capped before. Well, I don't remember at all because I wasn't alive. But I want to see how long he was capped before in like the 70s
0: because well, they were also playing less games a regular season back then too
1: yeah that's the that's a big thing too so I think they might be close to like the scene
0: well and there was also that period where Clark wasn't the captain and then he was the captain right the
1: captain. exactly which was yeah three years 1979 80, to 81 82 and then captain from 72 73 to 78 79 and then captain again 82 83 83 84. He's playing a pretty good amount of games though. Like they're all No, this is a feat. 78, 77, 80, 76, 80, 71, 80, 76. Yeah, so uh, it's not a cheap it's not a cheap record he got there. I, I thought it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that that's what my butter version was for, but uh no. He is a pretty good captain. Turns out, Claude Drew, all right captain. Uh, I don't want to oh, wow. I don't want to piss everybody off out there. <laughs> but yeah, he's all right. Uh, and that is so again if that is wrong that's not on us but if it's right you're welcome um, yeah uh, so that's that Do you want to talk about the other games real quick
0: well the, the one other thing I wanted to mention also was I saw a stat with Jeru oh, uh, and Provorov the other day that they had played oh, the consecutive uh, 319 nine. consecutive games both of them had the same exact amount and that's currently the ninth and 10th longest streak in the NHL Uh, Keith Yandel has the longest streak with 868 right now. But it's funny because people often think of Claude Giroux as this injury-prone guy, somebody who doesn't, you know, oh, he's hurt too much, doesn't play that. But (laughs) 319 games straight played, like, that is remarkably consistent. That's a a healthy guy who is in there leading this team. Yeah,
1: I feel feel like the, uh, I remember a couple years ago, like, when they, because there was like a, there was like an eight-year gap. No, it's 2010 11 to like 2016 17. Drew leads the league in scoring. And I always felt like the big comeback for that was, well, he played every game. It's like, yeah, is that like, does durability work against him? How does that work? Like, nobody else before, like, if you were killing it at your job and you were just doing amazing. And the boss called him into the office and they're like you're over like you've done these many reports and we' we'll expect half of that and he was like you're working too hard like you're working every day we don't want that that's not impressive at all like that's not <laughs> Take how that a day works off yeah for the love of God yeah like that's it should not work against you as an argument but that seems to be the only big thing
0: and I guess that's 320 games after tonight's game because this was as of 119
1: yeah yeah I was going to say, I saw that. I remember seeing that in one of the... Uh, I meant to put that in here. Like, go back and look at that screen grab, but I forgot to grab
0: it. There are some shocking and some not-so-shocking names above those guys on this list right now. Yandel's number one. Yeah. Marlowe is number two. So not, not a big surprise huh. there. Phil Kessel is number three. Ooh, yeah. 848.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny that, like... You know, like I think the thing with Kessel and Drew, like they look like guys that wouldn't be terrible. I guess they're like kind of smaller frames, and they kind of get busted for like not.
0: Well, Kessel's the hot dog man. Yeah, he's the what? yeah he's
1: a hot dog guy. He's just off the ice eating hot dogs. All the time. You would
0: Kessel expect to be? But yeah, I mean he's, Kessel he's been, just
1: doesn't look. Yeah, he just kind of looks. Away. Yeah, he just kind of looks flabby. I don't know. Like he looks he, like. Has uh, he
0: not missed a game since oh9 That's that's nuts. If that's that true. is kind of
1: crazy. And he also uh, then it's Brent
0: Burns, yeah, that's that's insane too. Then it's Brent Burns, Dmitri Orloff, Jacob Slavin.
1: Dmitri Orloff?
0: yeah, is surprising four hundred one games. Jesus
1: Christ, dude,
0: how long? Is, yeah. What? <laughs>
1: all right, hold on. Who, who's Jacob that?
0: Slavin yeah. and Adam Henrique. Adam Henrique, <laughs> number seven on there, which is nuts to me. And then Connor Brown.
1: Yeah, but like, who cares if? Uh, I think that might be the thing about, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, he may have been doing it, but nobody was really watching him.
0: That's true. I mean, it's like a tree falling in the woods, and nobody's there. Yeah,
1: yeah nobody nobody watches that tree fall either.
0: Uh, Orloff started <laughs> started in 2011-12? Ed? Well, now, so Orloff, his streak started in 2013. Later than that. I just, I can't believe Orloff's been around...
1: Fuck, dude, I'm getting too old. Like this is, uh, yeah, you I gotta know. to stop doing this. The, like, I, and by this, I mean right, we gotta stop fine. doing time. This is the last flip. I mean. No, no, I meant like we gotta go stop moving time forward. I'll keep doing the flights if we stop time, and then I just don't get older, and I can just watch all the hockey. Yeah, but like, or lo- I, I can't believe we're lost Every uh-huh.
0: time I pull, every time I pull a a gray hair out of my beard, that is <laughs> a, a cruel reminder of the constant march of time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite. Well, I'm not gonna say anything because God's got a pretty funny sense of humor when it comes to me and uh, saying stuff. So I'm not gonna say anything about gray hair yet. But the uh, the floors, so, though. I mean, earlier in the week. So I'm gonna go through some random stats from uh, the other games now, if we can get them. So connecting at his hat trick, first career hat trick on Friday against the Pens. Ninth multi-goal game of his career. His first since he had two goals in the Flyers' win over the Kings on January 18th, uh, 2020, last year. First career four-point four point game. Ninth game with three-plus points in his career. Uh, his first since he had three points at a four-two win over the Sharks on February 25th uh, last year. Snaps a 20-game goal drought dating back to uh, the Flyers' 5-2 win over the Caps in Washington on March 4th um and then oh yeah gritty's hat for the the hat trick the biggest hat i think i've ever seen in my life obnoxiously that big. was amazing that yeah. was
0: great connect hat trick there was nobody in the stands except for gritty and gritty had his own personal hat i think it was size 14 <laughs> hat for comparison's sake i wear a seven and five eighths hat it was, <laughs> gritty's was 14 it was you
1: know honestly i gotta give him credit that, that was a fucking hook. Like, that was a throw to get that onto the ice. Oh, guys. yeah. Absolutely. That's like Gritty throwing a pool cover in that like yards. Like, that is... I don't even know how he did that. That's the world's biggest frisbee <laughs> with an obstacle in the world watching. And this guy out it's there true. in a costume just fucking heaves it over the glass. You really gotta give it to him.
0: I mean, Gritty has... Gritty is always entertaining, but Gritty has certainly upped his game for this season because it's just him. It's just Gritty <laughs> out there
1: and he knows it yeah
0: and he's doing his thing he's been amazing and i guess i can't imagine how boring some of these broadcasts would be if not for gritty i mean it'd still be great because it's hockey and we love hockey obviously oh yeah but having gritty there makes it that much more entertaining and without anybody to go to in the stands and without any reporters to go to between you know (laughs) we've gone into that with yeah yeah yeah. but it's it's great having that giant orange monster there to entertain us. And it's really made a huge difference in these extraordinary circumstances. Yeah.
1: I was, it was funny. I was thinking about uh, like just at one point in time, the Flyers didn't have a, a mascot. One point in time being forever until about two years ago. But like now it's just, yeah, I don't think, I don't think kids are going to be fans of the Flyers if they didn't have a mascot. I think that was, I was realizing that too. Cause uh, this last decade of Flyers hockey, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it it's just been okay. It hasn't been exciting. Like I I don't no. know. Yeah, it's you know, it Absolutely hasn't been hasn't been great. All, yeah,
0: no. We we can all agree they I mean there was a time where they were measured as literally the most mediocre team in sports.
1: <laughs> literally over a 5 year span. Yeah, it was it was not it was not fun or exciting. So, I don't know. I like do you think if we grew up And, like, what we saw during, like, Lindros time, like, the Lindros era, like, the late 90s, if we grew up now and we grew up with, like, Reed and, like, Raffle and all those guys, do you think we'd be diehard Flyers fans? I don't know. That's a tough question. Yeah. I think... I honestly can't I really say. don't know either because I know that Eric Lindros either scoring goals or beating the shit out of people when he was mad, where it's like one of the things that drew me to hockey when I was like seven or eight. So it would be Wayne a.
0: Simmons. I mean, Wayne I, I think Claude Drew and Wayne Simmons might have still drawn. You know one, what? Cause, yeah. I mean, Drew scored some of the most amazing goals I've ever seen in my lifetime, and that includes in the Lindros era. And Wayne Simmons just a badass. Wayne, Wayne Simmons, Simmons would have been that guy. Guys, yeah.
1: Wayne Simmons would have drawn his me. Flyers stock. Yeah, no, exactly. He was very likable, and also he just scored goals well and beat the shadow people. Like it's the combo in Philly that you can't beat if you're gonna play for the Flyers. Um, but yeah, uh, what else from that game? Drew had a multi-point game, his first of the year. Vortex first multi-point game, uh, and then also in place Couturier, uh, Kevin Hayes played twenty-one oh nine. Drew played nineteen fifty-three, and Patrick played seventeen forty-two. Uh, what else here? Uh, that's it for that. Yeah, Buffalo won. I mean, that Buffalo game—the first one of the week—was terrible. They're outshot thirty-seven to twenty-two.
0: That was a that was an awful game. No, that was that's just one of a the worst bad game. Games I've seen. Yeah, I mean, and that in was a minute.
1: That was a game where I think it was uh you know the Flyers won on Friday, but I think it was one of those things where they kind of got relaxed that they won and they weren't really ready for the game on Monday. If that makes sense. I know that sounds dumb, but like the Sabers played two rough games against the Caps. Like, games they deserved to win and lost. So they were probably a little pissed and motivated coming here. And then the Flyers were supposed to respond with Akatoria in the lineup and then just pretty much just went on the ice and, like, farted for 60 minutes. So uh, giving up six goals. They
0: responded, but it was a series of farts. Yeah,
1: it was just a smelly response, yeah. Uh, Giving up six – they gave up six goals or more four times last year in 69 games. Uh, So they already did that once this year. That seven one loss to Pittsburgh, seven to three loss in Winnipeg and uh on December fifteenth, six one loss to San Jose on December twenty eighth, and then six two loss to the Coudys on January fourth. So three of those losses though came in like a month span where a lot was going on with the team. That was when Limblom got diagnosed with cancer, and then that road trip from hell last year where they won one four and one. So Fires didn't give up this many goals last year, uh just out of the blue except for that one game in Pittsburgh early in the season. Uh, so for them to give six goals right now is a little alarming. And again, Couturier out and all the other injuries, but still not exactly great. Um, and a lot of those goals that game were not really Hart's fault, I thought. Like, Lazar had a crazy backhander. I mean, um, like, they the had a couple... Laser,
0: that. But that pack hand was just insane. Yeah, uh,
1: Ryan Hart, and then they had a couple of uh, cross size passes that got off that like Hart isn't responsible for. So just not great there.
0: I feel bad for Hart this season because I I feel like the numbers have not reflected how he's actually played.
1: Oh no, he's gonna get he <laughs> his numbers might be a little bit of the Steve Mason treatment this year. Uh, if I'm gonna pull that up because oh! uh, he is going to get bombarded with shots. Flyers are going to spend a lot of time in the defensive zone. And he's going to save a lot of them. He's not going to save all of them. And there are going to be nights where, man, four goals against doesn't look great. Uh, But if you had watched the game, you would see that it probably should have been more of a loss than that. Like, it just, every night, Hart is out there making some... Unfathomable saves, and it's just—I think right now with how well this team is playing defensively, some nights like tonight, it's just not going to be enough. So he is going to—you're—I think you're right. Like he is going to be somebody who night in, night out, going to make a shit ton of saves. He's going to be asked to make a ton of saves every night. But then the Flyers are going to lose some games, like three to two, and people are going to talk about the goals you let in, even though whatever. But uh, yeah, I meant Mason, not like uh, I meant Mason. You know, a lot of work, decent numbers, and people are going to be. Of wonder, they might wonder what's going on there, but it's hard. I mean, they everybody sees the defense, it's hard, too, everybody, you know. knows. everybody knows it's there's a difference hard. between him and yeah. Uh, NAK scored his first goal of the season in that blowout by the way, six to one. I was laughing, I was just thinking about just Steve
0: Mason didn't make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he didn't help. Carter Hart versus Steve Mason, where it's like, with Carter Hart struggles, like, yeah, but he's Carter Hart. Yeah, he's. And again, I say struggle, and I don't think he's actually struggling. I think he's just not getting any favors from the defense, and guys are making sick plays on him. Yeah. And Steve Mason, again, the guy played his ass off some nights, but it did not make it easy to love him.
1: Uh, No, he did not make it easy. He also had terrible fucking body language. He had those pissy quotes when he left. And also, like, he just. He was pretty bad at, like, tracking pucks at times. So, like, there were times that shit. But, like, yeah, Carter Hart's a lot more lovable, and he's going to be better, and he's our sweet sweet child. And uh, Steve Mason is, uh, I don't know, giving, probably giving some shitty intermission analysis for some college, like, hockey team out there or something. I could see Listen, him doing that now.
0: The man can handle pucks. That's all I got.
1: If you put Steve Mason's puck handling abilities with the rest of Carter Hart's game, whoa, that goalie would be fucking unstoppable. Carter Hart... I love that kid. I don't want to ever see him leave the crease Handle puck again. No, Until, no, like, never for the again. next day. If you told me that's the right one now... big mistake he, <laughs> yeah. he
0: made this year was that Crosby was well, touching the puck. He, he has some fun.
1: That. Yeah, he has some fun back there almost every night. Not tonight. Uh, he had a couple other plays so far this year. But, like, if you told me right now, it's like the 21st, if you told me, oh, yeah, 21st of January uh, in 2021, by the way, 21, 21, 21. A lot of 21s going on. But if you told me in January 21st, 20. 31, that Carter Hart hasn't played the puck in 10 years, I think the Flyers have a couple couple cups. That's, what I, that's the stock I'm putting <laughs> into it. Is If Hart that's doesn't fair. touch the puck, that's yeah, fair. the Flyers are going to get. Um.
0: And one last thing in favor of Carter Hart over Steve Mason. <laughs> <style laughs> so no, no, no. I just okay. have one thing. I have one thing I wanted to say. Right-handed robbery has nothing on left-handed larceny. Right-handed robbery just is, oh. is terrible compared to left-handed larceny. Yeah, no, and true. I I hated that substitution. I It's the best you could have done there, JJ, and I, I appreciate that. But left-handed larceny is mm-hmm. chef's kiss. Beautiful phrase.
1: The positive, though, is uh, we don't have to take the chance of throwing a left-handed goalie in during an NBC game and then hearing Pierre go silly cider at least ten times during a fucking broadcast. Like, that's something that everybody oh. says routinely. And, like, we all didn't just hear that for the first time. By the way, <laughs> did you know what shinny was? yeah okay all right i yeah i mean i a
0: lot of people did it did and, and i will say it, it did sound like it yeah. did sound like scott hartnell said shitty on the broadcast at first which if he had <laughs> respect it's actually but he that, said
1: shinny yeah that's some real skill if he starts slipping that in there i wish he that does feel like a Hartnell thing to do though Is just be like oh no that was another curse word and then just start fly, like slipping them in there well especially
0: <laughs> he just started so maybe yeah. he didn't know yeah yeah <laughs>
1: It's my first day. Yeah. Also, you can't you can't really fire Scott. I feel like Scott Hartnock could do anything on that show, and they'd be like, nah, it's hearty. We all saw that cup in 2010, right? We were all there. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He can shotgun a beer on camera. Uh, 3-0 win over Buffalo. Uh, the Flyers allowed 40 shots in that win on Tuesday. They did not. Um, they allowed one. There was one game last year that allowed 40 shots on goal one. It was a four to one win over the Ducks on December seventeenth. And again, that was Carter Hart saying on his head mainly. Um 40.63 points of four percentage, thirty-eight point forty-nine expected goals four percentage. Fifty-seven shot attempts against that five on five. Uh it's the mo- they allowed that many shot attempts or more three times last year in sixty-nine games. And it's their second sub forty expected goals four percentage of the season. 14 of the other 69 games last year with that. So again, just early numbers early on, just or the numbers early on just don't look good for just the defense and erasing chances against, and it just it's going to be a lot of uh, the goaltending. So and again, Elliot, uh, forty save shot, first this year, fifth with the Flyers, forty first in his career. Didn't have a forty save performance last year. Uh, he did stop forty four in a seventy six loss to the Leafs on March fifteenth, twenty nineteen the hell was the end of that season uh and also it's the first 40 save shutout he had of his career seventh time in franchise history the flyers have seen 40 shots against and didn't allow a goal last time steve would be game six against the washington capitals in the 2016 first round where michael norvish stopped 44 shots against and a 2-0 win 44 to 11 that shot count that is something we talk about on that that show at least once a week (laughs)
0: yeah I watched every second of that game, and I still don't believe it happened. Oh, I don't... Because yeah. Michael Neuvert, the glass man, Mr. Glass, <laughs> I I just can't believe it. I, I can't believe it. Uh, Moose was great in this game. I oh, was stunned yeah. when I saw the shot count afterwards. And props to him. First start of the season, and he, he absolutely killed it.
1: Yeah. And again, maybe not like... He had a couple big saves, but it was they, they weren't hanging about the drive. But still... That's a large volume of shots right there. Forty fucking shots on that. Forty shots on that back to back games is not a good sign. No, uh, no. And it's gonna we're not gonna get a, a better way to gauge this on Saturday if Freeman's also gonna be out and we're gonna be pulling up Zambula or Prosser or Morin or whoever the hell else is gonna go out there. So Saturday's not gonna be fun either. Uh but I, I wanna see how they're looking once uh Ghost gets back to, get, gets uh, back into the mix here. Uh Ralph Kruger, by the way, I don't know if a lot of people saw this, but Ralph Kruger, the uh, Sabres coach, wanted Provorov suspended after Proveroff collided with Carter Hutton. Hutton was out for the rest, uh, or he played a little bit further and then was taken out of the game um, for uh, Jonas uh, Johansson. Uh, but Kruger, and apparently he might be hurt. Kruger wants. Uh, rough suspended because Hutton got hurt on the play where Montour pushed Proveroff into Hutton and then Proveroff collided with Hutton and that's what he wanted suspension for. So he was trying to say that I think Proveroff oh. also threw a punch in there. But uh, yeah, guy, why don't you, you tell your guy to stop you know, pushing people around. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. Just uh, shut the fuck up. That's what I'm, I guess I'm saying here for rough <laughs> Trigger. Uh, kiss
0: my yeah,
1: yeah, kiss my grits. Uh, as some person used to say, I don't know. Uh, kiss my gritties. Oh, that is okay. All right, yeah, I like it. Took me a second to fully appreciate that, but yeah. Uh, do you want to do? You want to talk about Voracek and Sealski again? This segue game, by the way, has not been smooth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's totally fine. It has not been a smooth year. Yeah. <laughs> let's go with that. Yeah, let's talk about Voracek and Sealski again. We mentioned this briefly on the forecast because we. We just couldn't wait to talk about this. But after the game on Friday night, they were interviewing players. The media was interviewing players and they were showing the press conferences on TV. And Jakub Voracek, Jake Voracek, did not seem very pleased when Mike Sielski was on the line to ask him a question about the game. (laughs) And holy shit. I mean, this was just... The ultimate edition of taking it to the beats. Voracek. Oh my God. I put the quote in
1: here. I mean, if you want to go through it again, you, uh, you it I well.
0: would be very glad to, to go through it again. Okay. So Voracek came out to Sealski and said, doesn't matter what I say, Mike, you're going to write fucking shit every time. So it doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. It feels different. I mean, we got four points out of these first two games. I wasn't even going to answer your question, because you are such a weasel, it's not even funny. Next question. Yeah.
1: So that is, of course, fucking amazing. I
0: can't even fathom (laughs) us doing such a great taking it to the beats as Jake Voracek did here. Taking it to the
1: beats! (laughs) Yeah, he really, I mean, again, much like we try to do a hockey podcast. No, it's not professional
0: at all. It's not professional, but I respect it, because Sielski... I respect beat writers and I respect guys who hustle and get those stories out and give us the facts and uh, can write good opinion pieces about the team. And I strongly feel that Mike Sielski is not somebody who does that. He is not a a, a reporter who goes out and, and writes factual informed articles about the flyers. He writes hit pieces. He writes hot take pieces. This is the top, the top baker of the hot takery right here. Oh, yeah. This is a dude who, that's all he does. That's his bread and butter right there, is just making hot take pieces. Stuff to get people riled up. He's the culture change guy about the Flyers from a few uh-huh. years back, and he's never stopped doing that. And there's a there's a few reasons that you could have said that Jake Voracek uh, would lash out at him for this. But really, he, I don't think he needed that much justification, because if you just look at his archive... On Philly.com, any article really. Yeah, you could just I mean, pick one.
1: That's really, you touched on it before. Like, this isn't the first time Sealski's been like annoying with the Flyers, or uh, the Flyers have been annoyed by him. The whole culture change thing with Ed Schneider years ago, where he said, We don't need a fresh perspective. And then Craig Berube telling him telling a reporter to get lost, that was Sealski. And um, again, like, the thing with Sealski's writing for me is, There's always some hint of a point or a truth to it. But then he goes about it in the most... Weasley way. I don't know. Like, again, it's not really... You're right. He's not actually breaking news. Like, I I don't actually remember the last thing that he broke, especially when it comes to the Flyers beat. Um, And it's fair to criticize a player. Jesus Christ. I mean... If I asked Robert Hague a question and he had this response to me, I will get it. But it's mainly just because I'm sticking it with his on-ice play and kind of can point out all the flaws of his on-ice play. And Sielski kind of just has been pounding home at the message that Drew and Voracek just don't care for a while now. Um, And I forget what the one article was after the 2019 offseason, but I remember it being about how like Sealski getting post-game quotes for the last game of the regular season. And Sealski asking Jake and Drew about like uh, being in and out of the playoffs every other year. And I remember Warchick having an answer then being like, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't really matter what we say. You guys were at whatever. Like he said something about, about that back then. I couldn't find that before this, but that uh, – and then the thing that I think most people came to a conclusion on that like warranted this response was October of 2019, Sealski wrote an article – uh where it was um titled flyers coach elaine Vigneault sent a message to claude drew and jake Forachek and it was a long time coming so that was the title of the article
0: mike and you want to talk about having like a bias yeah it's right there when you say it was a long time coming yeah and again i know he writes a lot of opinion pieces right. and a lot of those you know op-eds just saying like uh I, I don't know, giving his two cents, but his two cents ever since he started writing in the Philadelphia area has been these hot takes. He is just a guy who's out there to provoke. He's not actually out to, I don't know, spread any new information about the Flyers or give a new opinion. He's the guy who has complained about the culture change and the same old Flyers for years now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and from that. And then
0: when Ed Snyder passed away, it, it turned from that to uh instead to you know hit pieces on drew and voracek
1: yeah and in that article so after that title in an article he put uh again this was actually going back to that penguins loss it was after those uh flowers lost real bad to the honors and penguins last year the Honors game was that shitty one on uh in on long island where Ghost looked like shit moran looked like shit Hark got pulled and then that penguins game and then she wrote this uh Back-to-back lopsided losses to the Islanders. Uh, oh, okay. So he's talking about how the Flyers were in the locker room changing after a game, AV, or practice. AV was in the middle of the locker room. Jake was at his locker stall taking off his skates. AV had his back to Jake. And then Sealski put in his article, quote, back-to-back lopsided losses to the Islanders and Penguins had compelled the coach to send, him, send his stars a message, and one of them was on hand to hear it. Forachak sat there and laughed. So he was saying that drew heard it and voracek was just laughing while his coach was trying to relay this message home so that right there is none of that's not a fact like that is a very that's a very subjective anecdote to throw in there the only point he's what does that last sentence do the only reason why that's there is to make voracek look like shit and also apparently apparently uh, apparently, uh, like I don't think it happened. Like I, I thought we were seeing like other people talk about how like they couldn't confirm that that had happened there, and like so talking about something that may have not even happened, or if it did, obviously other people didn't feel the same way about it because only sealski wrote about it. Um, but this is like that right there should be enough it would be enough to piss off anybody. And apparently that was the first time that they had interacted since that article was written because that was late October, Seleski. <laughs> really isn't on the flyer speed he he pops around every once a while to kind of like push buttons but he's not actually on the beat so apparently that was the first time they had inter, actually, inter- had actually interacted since this article was read
0: and there, there's a couple guys that that do this too where they float around and they'll they'll write like a big hot take Mar- marcus hayes marcus. marcus hayes
1: who's the other who's the guy that does the phillies kevin uh cooney I think I remember him pissing off Hart a couple years ago. Is that the guy's name?
0: Yeah, I don't think he's on the Philly. I don't. I'm that's not his sure, name, though, right? That well, that's one guy. I mean, I know I, I've seen like David Murphy jump in there. I've seen uh, who's the other guy that uh, jumps in? Uh, Sam Donnellan jumps in a lot. Sam
1: Donnellan, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like the thing with Sealski, it's just not like I I think of him like when the Eagle. The year after he was on the Super Bowl and they were really struggling. And they had, I think it was, like, the fourth or fifth loss that season when everybody was just on edge and wanted to kill one another. And Sealski dropped an article that I was like, we should have all seen this coming. Or, like, something that just was really irritating. And it's like, you could have written this in the summer and gotten a lot of flack and that would have been right. But you decided to do this just to kind of, like, irritate everybody. I don't know. Like, it seems very much like his job is to just – be a troll, like he is paid by the Philadelphia Inquirer to create, you know, clickbait. That's pretty much what it is, Um, or at least the stuff that I've seen. I can't speak to his other, but every single time he's popped up, like, you know, this was an incident where if I didn't know who Sielski was before this incident and I wanted to look up the issue between Silski and Voracek, uh, well, one player, like one side is, to me, seems to be pretty clearly in the right terms of like the reaction there like i, I don't know the vortex response may have been unprofessional
0: it was unprofessional but i wouldn't call it unwarranted
1: yeah like he's been he, the clc's been asking for this type of response for a while i think like he just yeah. i don't know like he you can't be that troll i didn't guy. see
0: anybody yeah defending him either the, like i think that was very telling is there yeah. was nobody out there going like oh, this I can't and then jj that made
1: fun of it on the broadcast tonight did you hear that <laughs>
0: oh i missed that no, that's was amazing like, no
1: but he was like uh he was talking about jake and then and sometimes he's known for having quite the uh, post-game comments so like that was it <laughs> or like for, for being like entertaining the press game post uh, or zoom call or whatever yeah so like even he mentioned it so yeah that's and then like, therapy retweeted it <laughs> yeah i so, saw yeah apparently he retweeted, it, and then like cartier had to come out and said Cartier tweeted, uh, quote, the league has had a discussion with Jake Voracek for his expletive-filled uh, tirade during a virtual news conference after Friday's game, per Bill Daly, the Angels' deputy commissioner, who wouldn't comment, comment on whether a fine was assessed. This is just Cartier to go on the bat for a SEAL scale, I think. Also, expletive-filled tirade. He said one curse word against a B report that's been trying to get him run out of town for a couple years. I don't think that's expletive-filled tirade.
0: Uh, I mean, there were a couple expletives, but yeah,
1: whatever. Oh, wait, wait, what was uh, the fuck was there? What's the other one I'm missing
0: here? I mean, fucking shit is two expletives. Oh, fucking shit. Okay, yeah.
1: Multiple. Uh, Okay. All right, you can defend Susky if you want That's fine. Uh, I... uh... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Listen, I'm not a weasel lover, okay? (laughs) I don't think any of us are. I gotta say, the use of weasel... Was, uh, it was, it was, was pretty nice. It, By the way, you good. don't see Weasel very often, yeah. and I, I think it was an uh, appropriate use there.
1: No, it was... It was not fans! We're not fans, play. folks! Yeah, Again, and, you know, I... if People are good writers, and they actually present the news without any kind of weird, subjective, like, kind of, like, tinge on it. I'm fine with that. If a writer can actually write and provide facts and information, sure, but uh, I'm sure he does it other times, but uh, not... There's a purpose behind his writing, and it is to piss you off, but I guess it's fine. But you know, just use facts or evidence. I don't know, whatever. Um, he also carved up Voracek in that article, uh, talking about his defensive uh, play, like saying that you know he's creative in the offensive zone, but pretty much just uh, takes it easy in the defensive zone, which is kind of crazy for a player that gets paid eight point two five million a year or something. So yeah, there's a lot of yeah. He was swinging for Voracek, and there, I mean, Voracek's a pretty easy guy to swing at in recent years for the Flyers. Uh, and even I last year were saying that, uh, you know, his numbers didn't look great to start the year. And if he didn't really turn it around, you know, this could be a start of the decline. But he's looked fine this year. I think he's looked good this year. I don't know if he's motivated by the weasel, but we'll, we'll see how it pans out down the road.
0: The weasel.
1: Talking about uh, Voracek and Sealski. So uh, before we get to the BU, Steve, I'm going to run through some minor moves this week. Uh, just the Phantom signed four players to AHL deals. That's not, you're probably not going to see any of these names at all, or they're not going to factor into the future. But uh, Zane McIntyre, who, who we had mentioned a little bit last couple of weeks, a 2010 six rounder goalie, played eight games for Boston 16 17, uh, and also played in the AHL last year for Utica Binghamton has Binghamton, had a 796 save percentage in six games over in the KHL. Amy McAdam, uh, 2013 third rounder, also a goalie, and he's uh, from here. Uh, No NHL games and an 896 save percentage in six AHL seasons. 893 save percentage and two shutouts in 40 ECHL games last year. 893 save percentage, two shutouts. All right. Uh, and then Tanner. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's a hell that's of a, uh, you show up some nights, other nights, you just really don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, it's special. Yeah. It's once that first goal goes in, uh, I mean, man, the rest of the night he's taking off, but until that shot out, uh, Tanner McMaster, 25 year old center at 30 points in 56 games for the Marlies last year. And then Ryan Fitzgerald, uh, a 2013, fourth rounder, 26 year old forward, 27 points in 61 games last year for the Providence Bruins. Um, and then Steve, I believe we are uh, finally at this moment uh, where uh, it's what we look forward to every week. All everybody, it's
0: you know, it's the, who cares about hockey? We are all here <laughs> for the batch update.
1: The batch update. To start off, we finished the rose ceremony from last week. The one where Sarah passed out. Sarah's okay. Okay. Uh, Matt, who come to think of it, looks more sure. like <laughs> Matt. Who, come to think of it, looks more like Clippy the paperclip from Microsoft Word, more than a handsome Squidward, brought her a cool drink of water. She drinks said glass of water, and Matt proceeds to send some contestants home.
0: I heard you had trouble looking for a wife. <laughs> 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 There's
1: big, stupid eyes on a staple, then blinking. Yeah, I, that's exactly what Clippy would say. When did they stop running with Clippy? Was it like, I hope it was just like a, a couple years ago like 20...
0: No, in Microsoft, it's probably still in their hidden somewhere. Yeah, somewhere.
1: Like, he's just all proper now, and he's got, like, a suit and tie. He just only helps with, like, occasional things. That's about it. Well,
0: but they combine Clippy with Ask Jeeves to make one...
1: To, for one, perfect unemployed,
0: <laughs> useless technology now.
1: <laughs> Poor Ask Jeeves. He just he didn't say a chance. Um, let's get back to the batch though. Uh, on the first group day, <laughs> the ladies are tasked with writing a love scene starring Matt Jones. No, thank you. Uh, they have read the scene out loud for a live studio. Matt Jones
0: is the bachelor, right?
1: I, yes, I, I would hope so. It, okay. it would be pretty funny if they were doing this for... Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Is he an actor? I don't know. Matt Jones, a, a very name generic name. It's a very generic name. I'm like, Matt Jones. Like, I don't know, Matt Godzilla. Matt Reptar. Give us <laughs> a funny last name. Pretty much any... Fictional dinosaur is all I was going for there. Uh, Rachel manages... Going back. Rachel oh, manages to squeeze in the phrase, my groin fluttered, and Victoria's whole scene was bleeped out by ABC. Sarah, who passed out in the rose ceremony and also looks and talks like Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek, is in the live studio audience, and I can't, ha- and can't handle it. You uh, can handle it. She can't handle it. Yeah.
0: That sounds like a lot.
1: That's, it's a lot. To, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Also... Alexis wrote. Oh, okay, that was okay. Yeah, I haven't seen.
0: Did you watch shoot Creek? Talk about I Schitt's Creek. Creek. Watched some of
1: it. Yeah, I watched it a while ago. It's not bad. I like it. Uh, let's see. Where are we here? Next is a one-on-one date. Oh wait, no, we didn't finish that. The rest of that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she interrupts the group date, and shortly after, gets roasted by the drunk queen Victoria. Katie, the contestant who brought the vibrator. Oh yeah. I'm- okay, I remember that. Uh, offer some consoling words and some good vibes for sarah uh katie seems like an understanding person so I've, i think i've botched the uh, the vibrator joke there but uh next is a one-on-one date with serena p but before things get started sarah's upset and asks to see matt before he goes on the one-on-one date he obliges it's important to note that most contestants don't ask for this much time for the bachelor Anyway, we get to the one-on-one where Serena explains charcuterie to Matt in one of Pittsburgh's luscious valleys. <laughs> there you Ooh. go, Steve. Which uh, a pack of donkeys came out, just overflowing
0: with <laughs> coleslaw.
1: <laughs> just nothing but coal and yellow steel. Uh, a pack of donkeys coming out of nowhere, as is tradition, and eat their assortment of meats and cheeses. Shortly, I'm sorry? <laughs> I told. When's the last time okay, a donkey eat your lunch meat, Steve? That sounds. <laughs> Way, yeah, that's not why are not there donkeys
0: all? just <laughs> roaming around in Pittsburgh? Did Sidney well, Crosby's zoo like break open or something? Because I'm assuming is... Sidney Crosby owns a zoo. I don't know and if it's you know this, donkeys. Yeah,
1: I, well, I was gonna ask you, I don't know if you know this offhand. What is the donkey capital of America? Can we
0: it's got to be Pittsburgh, PA? I'm
1: gonna Google donkey. I would assume the don- I usually associate
0: America, I, I typically associate donkeys with. Westerns, right? So, I would mm. think maybe New Mexico, or Texas, Oh, or okay. Something. Yeah, okay. However, it, it apparently is Pittsburgh, PA, so, uh, Pittsburgh, we can add coleslaw, and donkeys!
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's gonna be uh Yeah, so, I just don't even... I was not expecting donkeys either. And they came and they ate all the
0: delicious meat and cheese.
1: Uh, according to Google, uh, Burlandia, Mexico is the donkey capital of the world. So that's maybe maybe that's a long truck though, from Mexico to Pittsburgh. It's a hell of a hike. There may have been donkeys that were just closer. I don't know.
0: I mean, what I've heard is if you've got cured meats, donkeys will go to any <laughs> length to get those cured meats. That
1: is that's a crazy but uh, accurate. Donkeys theory.
0: and Tony Soprano <laughs> are going to go to any lengths to get your cold cuts. Come the cold cuts. I need him before the donkeys get to him. He's
1: doing that grumbling and
0: moaning while he's opening
1: the fridge. Just do that shit. Come, <laughs> <laughs> God, Jesus Christ! I got you know. I got. To... I,
0: I'm rewatching the Sopranos right now. I was gonna say I every think time I'm Tony goes to the fridge and gets cold cuts, I laugh every time. <laughs> it's just yeah.
1: The, I the one thing that always took out with me the first time through was just just him singing Steely Dan's "Dirty Work." I don't know why that cracked me up so much, but just some fucking oh, mops are just. Yeah, just pop along. There, that's all. Um, uh, let's see here. Ne- okay, here. Now we're at this one. Next is a one-on-one day with Serena P. But before things get started, uh, I know this is the okay. Matt brings up that he had a turtle growing up. Oh, I had You're a turtle. On <laughs> I'm all over the place. I don't, I don't know. Shortly after Matt brings up they had a turtle growing up, I also had a turtle. I think I forget the name. Serena I had a on turtle. Their- What was his name?
0: I had two turtles. Uh, The first one was Michelangelo, and the second one was Leonardo.
1: Oh, well, there you go. That makes sense. Leonardo
0: was bad though. He was the box turtle. He kept escaping from the yard, so no bueno. I
1: think I I know we I forget what his name was though. God damn it. Uh, that's pretty. Uh, I mean, going with the teenage mutant ninja turtles. uh, That's always a classic choice. That was very uh, yeah. Uh, Serena Kavlas was uh, was uh, the style. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it was, yeah uh serena capitalizes on the moment and calls matt a dork for having a turtle get dunked on cliffy oh man oh shit i should have finished that uh well get dunked on see if for having two turtles i guess that makes you a bigger dork than me i guess uh, i'm a but, giant dork and I, yeah, that's fully I'm... Acknowledge it. I, I there's nothing wrong with owning turtles i'd own a turtle that's i i take a turtle before a donkey i feel like a turtle would be easier to you know kind of manage than a donkey uh, to yes, donkeys seem impossible to Easier pet management. Manage. Yeah, I don't think you could keep it. Unless a... you're
0: riding them about in Mexico and <laughs> in, in in Pittsburgh, the 1800s. eating <laughs>
1: eating random cheese and lunch meat patties. Yeah, that's uh uh
0: We all know we all know those scenes in the good, the bad, and the ugly where <laughs> the donkeys have to get fed cured meats. <laughs> the donkeys are
1: galloping past Heinz Stadium, Heinz Field, and uh, they that's where they're at. Later yeah. last blurb, later on, Sarah goes to Matt's suite and tells him she is going to leave because she needs to go home he seems sad and tries to convince her to stay but she insists on leaving get dumped clippy apparently clippy is clippy an asshole why does he keep why is he keep going after this guy well he's a bachelor i mean they all seem kind of like dumb asses on the show and irl so uh but that's uh maybe
0: she's just not impressed by his childhood turtle (laughs) We were really connecting, and then
1: he started talking about his childhood turtles. Uh, no, thank you.
0: <laughs> that was
1: just the whole date.
0: Like, once she, once she found out from the other girl that he's a dork, you know, Serena or Sarah? Sarah? Yeah, that's it. That's the S name I'm looking for. Yeah, there's a couple.
1: Sarah don't play with no dork. Sarah don't play with no dork. That's the title of the app. You can put that in there right now. <laughs> uh, we got to run the league, Steve. And then I'm not talking to you again for a couple of days. So uh, you want me to fire that up?
0: Let's fire it up, buddy.
1: All right. Ian Cole has been traded from the Colorado Avalanche to the Minnesota Wild for Greg Patteron. Uh Speaking of other shitty defensemen, Adam McQuaid has retired. Uh, D-Man had 73 points in 694 penalty minutes in 512 games over 10 years with the Bruins, Rangers, and Blue Jackets. Also won the Cup in 2011 with the Bruins. Corey Schneider signed his uh, one-year 700K deal with the Islanders. He was in camp with the Islanders and people the assumed he had signed earlier, but he had just signed
0: now, so that was me. Well, actually, everybody. Uh, ben Hutton
1: signs his one-year deal. So does this
0: mean he's not going to haunt my TV again this
1: year? Oh, no, it might. I mean, he might be with the Islanders. Yeah, he might no. be. Yeah. No, I
0: mean, I, as long as I don't have to see his face in the NBC studios again. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. That you won't see. But oh, he might be God. For he might again. be playing for Lou Lamarillo's team and in your
0: nightmares that way. Right? Yeah. Well, that, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, he's just <laughs> terrifying in studio. He really I, I never...
1: Yeah, just uh, oh mm. uh, yeah, it must be terrifying to see a redhead without a mask on, Steve. I guess that's yeah. Anyway, yes, put your uh, mask on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm go a goalie mask, but also wear your mask. Yeah, uh, Ben Hutton signs a one-year deal, nine hundred fifty k with the Ducks. So he was also in camp with the Ducks. Uh, Calgary signed both Michael Stone and Brett Ritchie, who were in camp with them uh, before the season, uh, and then Tuesday. The Carolina-Nashville game was postponed due to multiple COVID tests uh, and on that issue. The Caps were fined $100,000, and the group of Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Dmitry orlov hey, speaking of Orlov uh, and Ilya Samsonov, were all missed the Caps' next four games for breaking COVID protocol.
0: Well, I guess we can remove Orloff from that list that we read earlier.
1: <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, yeah. Uh, also worth noting, the Flyers, of course, don't play the Caps uh, within the Caps' next four games. And I wanted to work in uh, Brian Sykes, front of the show, uh, at Corn Kid 1311, which, yeah, definitely a front of the show with that. Yeah. Uh, says, this made, uh, he had a tweet with us, uh, tweeted us about Chara last week since we were talking about Zidane Chara. Uh, he said, this made me sad how, with all the Chara tick and talk, uh, you both missed a chance for a He's No Spring Chicken. Steve, I'm going to mainly put that on you because you've been, uh, as we've seen with Cash and Money Millionaires kind been on fire with the pun game recently
0: listen as the pun master general i do take <laughs> I, I do take full responsibility for missing that opportunity i i got to do a better job yeah that's right you... i will but it's uh, it's a good one good one to point out there brian
1: andy reed now three head coaches removed for being the eagles head coach it's a little weird should have kept actually i'm I'm, a, I'm i don't know we're not gonna get into that but uh <laughs> it was, <hysterical, laughs> it but, was yeah, definitely it was definitely a hysterical.
0: NHL? Uh, listen to EEG Purpley and we'll talk about it on
1: that. <laughs> uh, NHL and uh, Big Hockey have pulled all the microchip tracking out of the pucks, uh, just six, six days into the season. So, uh, Big Hockey doesn't want you to find out what's really going on in the ice out there. Uh, waivers, <laughs> that's my stance, by the way, is we were going to get all this information about how much the puck was actually going to be in all the zones, how much the players had the pucks on the stick, how much they are matched up against, all this stuff. But yeah, we're going back to uh eye test first, advanced stats. So, I digress. Waivers: Anton Forsberg placed on waivers by the Hurricanes, claimed by the Jets. Aaron Dell placed on waivers by the Leafs, claimed by the Devils. Troy Grozenek, uh placed by the Kings, claimed by the Oilers. All goalies uh, moving around the league. Marcus Patterson of the Penguins is week to week with a terrible case of UBI. Uh Toronto that forward. That was
0: a tough
1: hit. Oh yeah, no, it was not a it was not
0: a good hit. He got hit by Oshie, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah it and it got was wrecked not... by Oshie. Yeah,
1: and they're dead. speaking of uh, defense is not looking great. Uh, Patterson out for a while is not great. Also, Matheson I believe is out for a bit of time, and Cody Cece still Cody Cece. So Penguins' defense is not looking great <laughs> out there either. Um, but yeah, that might be. Yeah, uh, Toronto forward Nick Robertson will miss about four weeks with a knee injury, and the IIHF has pulled the World Championship out from being played in belarus citing safety concerns and also pressure to pull out due to political concerns as well and steven that is around the league uh and yeah that's it i mean that's yeah
0: oh wow all right folks that's all we got for you and there was plenty as usual if you have any feedback for us the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca you can reach craig at sports are bad
1: yeah, so you already listened to this. Uh, I'm going to be filling in for Bill Saturday and next Sunday. So not the next two Saturdays, but the Saturday, this Saturday and then the Sunday following. Next Saturday. Uh, and then Flyers forecast on Tuesday. What's that? What are you laughing at?
0: I'm just, you know, it was, me was describing, the way put
1: it. Just me describing days? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So picture
1: next Monday and then go to the next Wednesday and then take a couple days back. Yeah, no, but that's uh, I got two of the next games coming up. Uh, Flyers forecast next week. fly Hyperbole next week. And then I will try and do. I don't even know what I'm going to try and do for next week, but I'll get some of the numbers here and I'll get something out maybe on top of that. But uh, yeah, I got some post games, some more podcasts coming up pretty much. So you'll be hearing a lot of me. I don't know how about I don't know about uh, how much you'll be writing. Oh, prospect report on Monday, too so there you go.
0: Alright, you get it all in?
1: Yeah, I think I got it all So, by this time next week, you should hear two more recordings and another article by me. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that Plenty
0: about right. of Craig the doorknob force, uh, coming up for you. <laughs> all the Craig
1: points. tent you didn't ask for, but you're getting it anyways. And you're gonna regret it. Okay.
0: yeah, <laughs> You're gonna hate the way you listen, I guarantee it.
1: <laughs> Don't men's warehouse this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. forecast
0: can be Craig is sports are bad I am Bomb or Flyperbole on Twitter for your hockey needs make it Flyperbly. follow PSH Radio follow Broad Street Hockey forecast should be out early next week either on Monday or Tuesday I'm thinking Tuesday right now but we shall see and flight will probably be Thursday or Friday again you know yeah. beginning of the weekend of the week that's a tried and true formula yeah been working the old rope-a-dope one-two punch
1: okay <laughs> old boxing analysis get out of here
0: <laughs> that's that's what i'm going for that's what, that's my next career is old timey <laughs> boxing announcer uh,
1: oh it's late it is late it is it late. is late folks recording.
0: yeah that is true <laughs> thank you so much for listening we really do appreciate it please stay safe out there continue to mask up wash those hands all that good stuff. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, "Good night and good hockey."
1: Wow! 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 Wow!
0: Wow! 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 Hello, everybody. This is Fly Herbaly. It is a podcast
1: about hockey. Mostly the Flyers, but also other, other hockey, hockey
0: things. things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve! But not Steve Hartnell. And Craig!
1: But not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't. All
0: those hockey guys, these are the guys who watch the hockey sport, yeah!